Anna Weinberg, who's a co-owner of Big Nights Restaurant Group. They have Marlowe Park Tavern, The Cavalier, Leo's Luxury Oyster Bar, Marianne's, and soon to be Marlowe Petit. She loves design, and we love her. Uh, it's a delight to sit down with you. I know our listeners love all your restaurants. Thank you. Yeah. And I don't know that I've started this um, strategy yet, but maybe this will be the first time I deploy it, just to kind of get to know guests from the beginning. Okay. And you, I've read a little bit. <laughs> I've been doing you know, as much research as I can. Oh, dear. Um, yeah. And you know, you're from New Zealand. Mm-hmm. You've lived in New York City. Mm-hmm. But tell me what brought you from New Zealand and how was life in New Zealand? Well, New Zealand is an idyllic place to grow up. Yes. It's, have you been? I have not. You have. It's no. absolutely beautiful. Um, you know, obviously, it's uh, it's pretty small. Yeah. And uh, when you grow up there, you know, we're a great nation of travelers. Yeah. When you grow up there, most people will do something called an OE, which is like your overseas experience for a couple of years and come back. Yeah. And, you know, we, we're a part of the Commonwealth. So yeah. you're able to kind of freely move between any other Commonwealth companies, uh, countries, I should say. And uh, I'm lucky enough that I have an American passport. My father was from Boston. Oh. So, so if w- you could go live in America, you do. Yeah. You know? So that's what took you. My wife's South African. Oh, yeah. Okay. Did I tell you that ever? No, no, no. So um, I met her living in London, but so many of the Safis kind of like, yep. and the Kiwis and Australians when I was there too, it was all London. But that makes sense. That's why you kind of came to New York. Because I could. Yeah. Um, you know, and I'd always... Uh, you know, I was uh, I was an actress. Um, really, early on, that was my early career. I was not a very good actress, which is why I became an excellent waitress. Um, <laughs> no, it's, that's a hundred percent true. But you know, I sort of grew up with this, um, you know, in very very uh, rural environment, on a little island, which has actually now become super fabulous. But when I was there, it was a population of about three thousand people. Yeah, and uh, you know, as a kid, it seemed like I was sort of dying for a stage. Um, and New Zealand really didn't have in their early 80s, 70s, a foodie culture at all. Yeah. You know, there was sheep and you killed them and you ate them. Yes. <laughs> and that was kind of what it was. <laughs> but, you know, amazing produce, amazing dairy, amazing. Obviously, it's so clean and, and gorgeous. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. Um, as I was sort of coming into my very, my late teens, sort of the cafe culture started to emerge mm-hmm. in, uh, in New Zealand, which just, I just was you know, entranced with. I was so excited by these kind of fabulous people that worked in cafes and I would sit there all day and just sort of want to be part of it. Um, uh, much more so... Was that uh, like inspired by friends and... The, I don't know. You know, my mom took or... me to this restaurant, um, you know, in, a, in the cool part of the city, which I'd never had much exposure to, you know, for a coffee when I was about 19. And she said to me, she's like, you wouldn't leave. We were there for five oh, hours. Oh, sweet. I know. That's and there, really I mean, there was, you know, the bartenders were... were I was... 17. That's really The bartenders were fabulous and they had tattoos and they were sort of a little snarly and the girls had great haircuts and black lacy clothes and everybody was just sort of, there was this amazing camaraderie between the staff and they had like their own language and it felt like the acting community except you could eat Mm -hmm. a lot. (laughs) And by then I was getting, I was sort of realizing that I wasn't super committed to becoming a better actress nor was I super committed to not eating right to become <laughs> to be a skinny actress <laughs> so I just love this the camaraderie the kind of the culture yes of restaurants and it was very much the beginning of it mm-hmm. so it felt really exciting 
So that's sort of what, you know, and I started getting really obsessed with reading about restaurants in New York. Um, and you, got, you guys have five, we six have, restaurants plus the new one coming on. I was counting, yes. That sounds yeah. about right. Yeah. yeah. Yes, we so, do. Um, did it kind of take you a while to think back in your life and say like, wow, that was really influential. And totally. I dug that and I yes. didn't even know I dug it. Yes. I mean, I think that there's, you know, there's, um, I mean, there's definitely influences from those restaurants still that kind of, you know, the first things that you fall in love with. You know, when I go back now and look, I'm like, oh, it didn't look like that at all. Okay. But in my mind it did. <laughs> we call yes. it rosé colored glasses. Yes. Um, but just, it was more the, it's more the energy of the places and the feeling that, you had that the staff were having a fucking great time. Yeah. And that's what, that's the environment I wanted to work in. Mm-hmm. You know, I dropped out of school. I just didn't want to be in an office. I didn't have any desire to do for like, I, I never sort of thought of a normal career. I just love the, the energy of both, you know, kind of the theater world, I guess, which again, you've got to be good at it, which I wasn't. Uh, and then, you know, the, the restaurant, the restaurant world just had this really amazing energy and this sort of sense of community. Yeah, and so when you were, um, I guess, initially looking to be an actress, were you, <laughs> were you in New York? Did you stop in L.A. before New York? No, or? no, this was all when I was a kid in New Zealand. Oh, yeah. When I moved to New York, my goal was to work at Balthazar. That oh. was my goal. I'd read about it in Vanity Fair. I'd wor- I read about Keith McNally. I was obsessed with him. I did some, I did some soap opera acting classes in no. New York. How did Just, you do? <gasps> <laughs> no, I mean, but it was James. fine. That, 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 that's all, yeah. James, you know, how could you? Telemundo. I don't know. I, I, I think I was, I don't know. I mean, I didn't. Did you say Telemundo? Telemundo. That was, that, that's, that was, if I spoke Spanish, that would, I would love to be a Telemundo actress. That seems like the best job in the world. Um, so, you yeah, know, I did, did do soap acting classes and, and, you know, I thought maybe I'd like to do more of that. But. You know, I didn't, I went on a couple of auditions and then I just got so caught up in the restaurant scene, the restaurant mm. world in New York that it just sort of was like a hobby that got locked in the closet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, so in New York for how long? So I was in New York for almost, wait, how old am I? I'm 20 right now. I moved to San Francisco when I, I was in New York for nine years. Yeah. Day before 9-11, but we can go back to that. <laughs> um, when I moved to San Francisco, it was, um, I had met James, who's my business partner. Oh, okay. Uh, my husband. Yeah. And um, father of Leo. Yes. As in Leo's. As in so, Leo's, yeah. uh, he was, you know, a native San Franciscan. Uh, I had been here only once as a teenager. And uh, it just seemed like it seemed like the right time to move. Mm-hmm. Um, I, was, I was having a lot of fun in New York, but wasn't really progressing mm-hmm. in, in my career. And uh, I... I thought San Francisco, I mean, I was, you know, I was in love and I thought San Francisco seemed like a good idea. Uh, it turns out it was. <laughs> yeah. Well, when we were catching up on the phone last night, just mm. briefly, um, you were talking about how you really love the design part. Yep. Of yeah. It. So, you know, what was your first restaurant? And then let's kind of dive into, you know, where do you start yeah. with the concept? Maybe Got how it. it differs from, you know, other design projects, for, you know, yeah. that would be interesting, I think, to our listeners. So my first restaurant, we, you know, I designed out of necessity because we had no money. Yeah. Um, and it was called Stellar. It was in the West Village. And, you know, it was, it was a charming little tiny West Village storefront. You don't have to do much to it. Mm-hmm. It was just charming. Uh, it was called Stellar. It already because, had the curb appeal. Like, it was yeah, exactly. Like, Gorgeous cool. little, you know, beautiful, uh, you know, charming West Village. And then I, uh, I actually knew John Darien. Mm-hmm. You know, who had, and so all I had on the wall was a couple of his beautiful plates. 
And um, it felt very sweet and authentic, and I was really proud of it. It was a beautiful little restaurant. When I came to San Francisco, I, uh, you know, worked in a couple of places before, you know, the idea or the opportunity of doing my own came along. Uh-huh. Um, I was at Town Hall, and, you know, Doug Washington was is a really good restaurateur who's very involved in his own design. And then Ame at the St. Regis was a whole nother kind of kettle of fish to work for a hotel group and see that whole kind of um, cohesive world come together. Mm-hmm. Um, my first restaurant here, which most people don't know about because it's closed, was uh-huh. South. Now, South was actually in the original Marlowe space uh-huh. at 4th uh, and Townsend, and it was Australian. <laughs> My uh, business partner was, I had two business partners, a celebrity Australian chef and a kind of Australian wine guru friend of mine. And uh, like the design was really cool. We had all these great chandeliers. We had those great pieces by very cool modern Australian artists. And, um, you know, it was actually pretty darn cool. And it what was, years were those? So this was 2000, right before the big recession. This was 2007 we opened. Yeah. But, you know, I'm certainly not blaming it on that. It was, it was kind of a perfect storm. It was at the very moment where, everybody, where the only words were local and sustainable. And here I was, bloody shipping water from New Zealand. <laughs> I was like, okay, well, yeah. And it was, you know, what is Australian food? And it, yeah. I couldn't even give you the elevator pitch. So it yeah. felt... It just, you know, it wasn't the right conference, you know, it wasn't the right concept for San Francisco. Mm-hmm. But we were one of the very first, other than, you know, your Fringals, um, little neighborhood restaurants in Soma. Mm-hmm. So I felt like what we got was a two-year focus group of what all those new people moving into the neighborhood wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was what everybody wants in, the, in a great neighborhood restaurant. A really great, comfortable environment, an amazing burger, some great roast chicken, and, and those craveable things that you want. Mm-hmm. So that first um, restaurant I designed with my sister-in-law, Kendra Nicholas, who has Nash Design. Mm-hmm. She's, she's amazing, but she's mostly based down. She's mostly based um, down on the peninsula with residential. So mm-hmm. um, I don't get to work with her as much as I would like to. But again, we had 150 grand, which is like a bathroom, right? right. And um, five weeks to change south into Marlowe. Mm-hmm. But most importantly, we had Jennifer Puccio now, who is the chef. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just wanted to create something that felt like those little neighborhood restaurants that I'd kind of lived my twenties out in New York. Yeah. And it was, again, that really authentic thing that happens sometimes when, you know, you're going to San Carlos tile yards yourself and, you know, yeah. having to do it all with no money. The- so that was, that was Marlowe. And then, um, the design part of it really came to life for me when we signed the lease on Park Tavern. Right. Again, it was this. What was the, that restaurant before? Moose's, which was like, and, which is an institution, and right. Ed Moose was hugely important too. And that's also like a 2010-ish. That we just had our fifth Cabin? anniversary, so we opened September 2011. Okay. Yeah, um, and that again, Kendra and I did that restaurant, and it was another situation where the entire all of uh, North Beach was kind of boarded up. Original Joe's wasn't there. The wash bag wasn't there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People were like, "You're crazy. Yeah, you're insane. Don't do this." But it, the space it's, for me had this kind of authentic feel no it just it, it, I mean it was hallowed ground it was where Herb oh, Kane had all of his right. it was you know the Politico hangout and Mooses and I just thought that that neighborhood still needed a clubhouse and we could do it again with you it know was, in a really respectful way to him it's a big place yes it is people keep saying it with that very concerned look on their face that you have right now oh really <laughs> sorry um, but how it, many but seats it, it's a big yes well I mean but so it it's, is, a, but it's what, a big you know, venture to take on so and, one of the first things I try to do design wise is I 
Somehow I always start with tile and lighting. That's just my creative process. Mm-hmm. I get inspired by tile and lighting. And then I create spaces, intimate spaces. I absolutely hate a restaurant that's just a big room full of tables. Mm-hmm. So the first thing I do is divide it up. And mm-hmm. I, I always name the spaces. There's the cafe, there's the main dining room, there's the Eden Lounge, there's the bar. You know, at Cavalier I have Marianne's, the rail car, the wine stables. I like to give every little area a personality. Mm-hmm. And it becomes this internal thing when everybody starts referring to it as that. You can tell guests, well, you'll be sitting in the stage. That's exactly right. Exactly. Yeah. And it I'll gives, seat you in It also just makes it, you know, I think if you come to a restaurant a couple of times a week, you feel like you've been to different restaurants. That's the cool. cafe at, um, at Park Tavern is sort of light and bright and gives you the best views of the, of the, um, of the park. And then the main dining room, I wanted to, to feel, you know, I wanted it to feel like our version of Gramercy Tavern. You know, again, my my world was still very much New York by then. All, mm. all the restaurants that I was Found out referencing or, you know, had influenced me were still in New York at that point. Mm-hmm. So that's what I wanted, that sort of beautiful open kitchen with the fire. And um, I wanted to go a little bit further than I felt like people were going with design in, in San Francisco at the time. It was very, it was a time when um, it was a very chef-driven you know, moment in time when everything was very minimal and it was almost like a stage for the food and you just want mm-hmm. white and light. And, you know, and I'm not a chef and I think our food is great, but really I want people to walk in the door and feel like they've arrived at, you know, the best party in town. Mm-hmm. That it's fun and we're making memories as well as having really good food. But to me, that's more important. One thing I read is that you like to under-promise, over-deliver. That's a successful formula. Where did well, I you, think so. I where mean, do you <laughs> come up with this? I mean, not where do you come up with it? Where, mean, where, where, did the, where was that coming from when you said that or say that? Gosh, I don't, I don't even remember where that comes from. But, you know, if you think about if you think about it, if somebody says, gosh, you know, it's my anniversary and I need this and that and the next thing, and, you know, and you say, gosh, we're going to do our very, very best and I've got a great corner table for you in this room and then but you kind of know that you're going to be able to do more for them you're going to be able to do better mm-hmm. and then you bring them complimentary champagne and then you bring them their expectations you know i never want to set anyone's expectations low mm-hmm. but you know you always want to surprise and delight and set and um and exceed people's expectations so i think under promise might sound a little you know like oh uh, you know maybe you're late but no we <laughs> rather just over deliver you know i think part. that that's probably that's what that's what we've evolved into you know <laughs> we try to have it's really kind of part of our big night culture. Kind of do these seminars once a quarter, talking to new staff about ways that we can kind of customize people's experiences and be more like concierges, um, you know, than hosts. Mm-hmm. And uh, and yeah, just so kind who's of, leading those meetings and who's leading the, the there's like 380, 400 employees. 400, yeah. So you know the way that our business breaks out is you know and James is really you know he's the business guy. He does all the leases and sort of money. <laughs> Uh, I'm really responsible for spaces, people, um, people and places, I guess, and Jen's food. So all of the kind of culture design stuff is, is, is comes from me. You say all front of house? Yeah. Yeah. Operations. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, it was was another quote in here, but you're passionate about this. Very much She's a mad genius with natural elan. Oh, that was Jonathan. That's very, that was, that, that's my mentor, Jonathan Wixman. Yes. You know, I think that you have to you have to keep you have to have a point of difference and you can't get lazy. I mean, it's it's such a it's a privilege for people to choose to dine in your establishments, to choose to have their anniversaries, their birthdays, their meaningful celebrations. Mm-hmm. You know, and we've got an an opportunity to just be a restaurant or to make those memories really special for people. 
And it certainly makes my life more exciting and more fun and my staff's life more exciting and more fun if we're constantly striving to, you know, make better memories for people. It's also, um, I've also saw it written, you consider it performance art. I will hearken back to the earlier uh, um, discussion. Well, I guess if you kind of did like a little psychoanalysis, <laughs> you know, people walking out of, the, of a restaurant is a little bit like the applause or lack thereof at the end of a play, right? Yes. Um, you know, I like the, I like every night's different. You know, the, the idea that, you know, something different can happen every single night and it's really up to you as to whether the show is, is great and seamless or whether it's a shit show, literally. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's nothing better than when you're just, everyone's firing on all cylinders, the kitchen's amazing, the staff are great, it's really busy. There's such, an ex- there's such a great energy and it's just like, God, I'm so excited that I get to do this for a living. Yeah, well, I've been to your restaurants and I love it and oh, it is special. <laughs> it is cool. Oh, thank you. Well, you know, we, we have, we, I think, like to think we have our moments, but it's just not something you can... You know, people go, oh, now can you let it run itself? Nothing runs itself, right? Yeah. I also read uh, flash solving. Like when a problem comes up, you like have to solve it really quickly. And then that's something you have to address. And then your culture, perhaps that's something you, you focus on too. Can you give us an example of like what a, what a, you know, <laughs> what a problem? You, you said shit show. Okay. Happens, well, but, I had something I mean, on, yes, I can actually. The 3rd of January, we closed the Cavalier for three days, right? Because we were re-wallpapering. This is... I actually have a little bit of a renovation habit. People oh. want me to see somebody, it's a little much. So we had to close for three days to renovate. We want, I, I added this gorgeous red plaid wallpaper. Ken and I had always wanted another layer. Now we thought it would be dry and done by the night of the third and we had a party. So my, my general manager called me and he says, Anna, it smells like wallpaper in here. It smells oh. disgusting. So I said, okay, fine. I came down and we just cooked so much bacon <laughs> and put it everywhere. I was like, there's really nothing that bacon can't solve. So we baconed it, and it was fine. And everyone was like, I "People were like, oh my god, bacon. I want bacon! Is there what's the bit bacon? It's like, shit, make some bacon soup, anything." So you know, I mean, it's what it's because you know the problem is now because the guest is there now, and yeah. you've only got two hours to make sure they have a wonderful experience. You can't really go, hmm. Let me think about whether or not that soup was cold. It's like I mean, everything has to be solved now, and that's just that kind of works with my. My personality. I can see. <laughs> <laughs> so where's Big Night? Uh, where did that come come from? Big Night. That's the name of the restaurant group. That's the name can of the restaurant group. you say the whole na- name is Big, Big Night, Night restaurant, restaurant group? Okay. Yes. Um, you know, there's a couple of things. Obviously, there's the amazing Stanley Tucci movie. But it's a little bit more cultural to me. In Australia and New Zealand, you go, oh, mate, oh, I had no, such a big, big night. night gotcha. Big Night, yeah. So, you know, we love that kind of concept that it's, it's again, it's, it goes back to the memories. God, I had such a big night at Leo's. And it doesn't have to mean I got hammered or anything like that. It was just, it was, it felt big and important and special. And how old is Leo's? Well, Leo Sacramento is three and, and a half. Well, geez, three. Yeah, right. Okay. The, the really important one is three and a half. That's right. Um, who's very aware that it's his restaurant. Um, Leo's, we opened in February of this year. We're, we're at a run rate of about a restaurant a year when I think about it. Cheaper. Which is really fucked up. Will you slow down? No. Yes. I <laughs> no. Yeah, Wait. No. Did I say that? Can you edit that out? <laughs> yeah. No. Um, no, yes. Wait, why can't I answer this question like a normal person? Uh, we are, we're, well, we're opening Petite Marlowe this year. So, right. Which is, but you know, I keep saying that doesn't count because it's extension of Marlowe, but that's kind of bullshit. But it's a whole new location. Yes, thank Towns you. Yes, 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 right. That's correct. Anna? That is correct. So it's I'm, totally new. Yes. And it's, it's one totally per different. year. Yes, it's new. Yes. But after this, I think I want. I think after this, I want to slow down. I mean, I think that we just have to, in terms of how difficult it's becoming to do business in San Francisco and how hard it is to find staff. 
mm-hmm. can afford to live in the city. And so we have to see how this year shakes out for a lot of different reasons. So do you have a recruiting advantage because you have this like fun atmosphere? It's the, the big night kind of philosophy that I everybody must so. have fun. I hope so, you but you, you know, the economics somewhere? are the same for me as everybody else. So mm-hmm. the advantage is really being in Oakland where people can afford to live. Mm-hmm. It's, um, you know, it's, it's really tough. You've got to be, people have got to be extremely committed to us to want to have the kind of lifestyle that you can afford as a restaurant employee. Um, mm-hmm. And I kind of know that there's always going to be an expiry date. We have a lot of people that move to Oregon or, mm-hmm. you know, wherever just for a higher standard of higher standard of living if they're going to stay in the business mm-hmm. um so you know i think that we're gonna we can hold it six because you know i've already started you know going back and you know so marlo we moved locations right so oh you did we did we moved to the coco 500 location oh okay on so fourth on and Brandon. Brandon. Yeah. yes that's right so where was the original the, sh- the a block uh, away south. okay a block away but it was a real dump i mean it was <laughs> such a, i mean it was my dump and i loved it it was beautiful it was great and fun and no one loves their first dump like that. No. <laughs> the dump. Yeah. It was, I had this quite funny story from that. We um, had this lunch for Denise Hale at the Old Marlowe, which was pretty, it was her Christmas lunch, and she usually does it at Boulevard and all these places, and, you know, there's all these super beautiful fur-clad women coming up the, you know, the ramp, which I'd probably just recently cleaned, like, homeless pee off or something. Right. And I guess a bunch of people read about it in the society in Bigelow's column, Catherine, who, love you, Catherine, she's amazing, um, who had written about it. And I think two days later, there was these very fancy women who walked into my restaurant, <laughs> walked down across the bar, smacked into the mirror, like smacked into the mirror, looking for the Denise Hale room. I'm like, no, this is it. <laughs> oh, yeah. my gosh. I'm like, no, where's the other room? I was like, this I swear to God, I own this restaurant, there's no other room. No, but it was like this five-minute conversation. I was like, you know, thank you for making me feel um, very inadequate, but there's no other room. Anyway, so, so uh, now there is. And uh, we got lucky to have this beautiful corner space that's filled with light and has a, you know, had amazing energy, I think, from Loretta Keller, who is just such a spectacular, trailblazing female chef. And, um, you know, we were lucky enough to take the space from her when she needed to spend more time in Los Angeles. So it was a, you know... And it was a great transition. And then Big Night, you have like one chef that... So Big Night, sort of... uh, the Big Night, again, the partnership is myself, James Nicholas, and Jennifer Puccio. Okay. Jim, we have a culinary director, but she's the, cre- she's the creative the director of all the restaurants. So mm. it's a lot. You know, she's mm. the biggest job. She works harder than all of us put together. Mm. So, you know, that's the menu at Park Tavern, Cavalier, Leo's, Marlowe, Marianne's, mm. the mm. bar, and now Petite Marlowe. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, she's no joke. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty interesting location. The, is it Zeka Hotel? Is that, yes, it is. You know, at so, Cavalier? Yeah. It's an interesting part of town that I love. Yeah. I lo- will you do anything? I guess you're not anymore, but will you do anything in the Tenderloin? I uh, mean, it's, you know, I don't really think about a location. It's more about a space that speaks to me. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I will admit that, you know, the, the proximity to the Moscone has been, mm-hmm. has really been amazing for us at the Cavalier. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, you know, I would never say never. I probably, you know, I'd love to do a bar. It's really about the space and how I feel when I, when it, you know, I'm not really ever looking. I generally walk past something and get obsessed with it and try and figure out a way to buy it or, yeah, I'm never like actually actively looking in a particular neighborhood. Mm -hmm. It's really something that speaks to me. And Marlo Petit. So, okay, this might be interesting. So 
Walk us through the creative process. You already talked about you yeah. know, tile and finishes. Yeah. You're going to start with that. But this is kind of brand new. I think you said on our chat on the phone that you take it today. And so it's yes. Kind of like oh, just yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Exactly. So, like, Jake, our creative director, is there right now. You know, it's really funny. This particular project just, it's almost done. We, um, so it was a little wine bar called Le Clos. yeah. And, you know, we've always, we've, Marla's been extremely busy and I've always wanted more bar space. I tried so hard to buy the bar next door. Those guys just won't sell it to me. Um, you give it a good go, right? Uh, I've had to let it go, finally. Bar you, but you unit. tried hard. You I mean, were... really hard. I mean, I didn't get them beaten up or anything, but I thought about it. <laughs> so, you got a guy. anyway, something about, and I was, and then I was reading a lot, I was reading this article in Food and Wine about, you know, the whole amazing wine bar culture and in Paris and there's, it's like a very young kind of thing going on there right now. And I really sort of started thinking about what the wine bar and how he's hanging out wine bars in New York. And I sort of started thinking about what there was in terms of wine bars here and the good ones. They're not French. Like they're, they're very, they feel very California to me and they're quite um, modern. And I started thinking about how much I just love those little Parisian wine bars and how the, um, the food in them is always amazing. So I was talking to Tiffany, who's our designer at Ken Folk, and she said, oh, by the way, I'm going to Paris next week um, for, to buy for a client, and I just got on my computer and booked a ticket for myself, Jen, and Jake right then. So we spent a week before we'd even taken the lease going to three or four wine bars a day, and then we bought everything at the Paris flea market. We bought the bar. We bought way more taxidermy ducks than anybody needs. We bought gorgeous service stations. We bought chairs. We bought, I mean, it's going to feel, I mean, we literally bought a, bar, a wine bar in Paris and bought it back. Well, actually, Jake, if you're listening, can you please check that that container's Yeah, it's here. still on route. So, yeah, and then, you know, the next part of the process is, you know, I'll spend a lot of time with Jake, who actually designed, custom designs all the wallpaper. You know, I'll say, I think, I'm thinking plaid, and drive him crazy, and he'll be like, okay, let's, can we drill down a little bit? You know, I sort of do these big sweeping statements, and then he has to do all the work. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, so we're doing a little, we're actually going to start selling our wallpapers soon. Um, anyway, so, and then what happens is we'll talk about the menu. Yes. And then we get, you know, we'll draw, we'll always draw the menu out. So we'll start with um, lights, tile, and then we'll draw a menu on a piece of paper or whatever we're, we're doing. And that sort of starts being the, um, being the Trojan horse for the branding. Mm-hmm. And then we'll start working on a color palette and a logo, and, uh, which, I, which we're, we're kind of done with on this one. It was, you must have started like two in. months ago or something. Um, yeah, I mean, we just literally just finished tweaking the, the logo yesterday for the, for the plateware and stuff because we're going to brand everything, you know, the way they mm-hmm. brand the wine glasses in Paris. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's kind of how it works. And then about, you know, when we're kind of when we're sort of at that stage, at a design board stage, mm-hmm. Ken will come and edit us. He'll go, great, great, great. No. Um, and, you know, he'll sort of elevate everything for us. You know, just add like beautiful little details. You know, we all know that God's in the details mm-hmm. that we wouldn't have thought of. Right. So mm-hmm. that's sort of become our process because this will be our fourth restaurant we've done together. Mm-hmm. And actually, I just met with Ken last night, and again, I just done all these changes to the to the to the Cavalier. And he's like, "Oh, but we need to do this, this, and this." I'm like, "Of course, <laughs> of course, we do." Um, <clears throat> so that's well, that really our, that's our process, you know. Myself and Jake, and then you know Jen with the menu, and then uh, with kind of Tiffany who works with Ken, and then he comes in and and um, puts a gorgeous bow on it and just makes it better. Mm-hmm. 
um, any, like we went through the, the list of really practical things like durable fabric or mm. seating capacity. You think you would, wouldn't you? Um, and it, you know, <laughs> what, are there any other things that you do that are kind of like interesting? Yeah, well, I there's, guess, I mean, there's uh, certain mecha- things that, that are really important to me. Um, the bar is always in the front. You know, you can always see, and, and from the host stand, you can see every table, right? Mm-hmm. There's certain, if you look at my restaurants, I always have banquettes. I always love rows. I don't like enclosed booths. I think they cut off the energy. I really like everybody to be able to see everybody else and for the, the energy between the bar and the dining room to flow easily. I never close mm-hmm. off my bars, ever. Mm-hmm. Um, my tables are super close together. Mm-hmm. I, I like that energy. They're small. Um, and what else is there something that I always do? Well, I, mean, yeah, I mean, the host stand is always right at the door, which is not always the case. Um, yeah, I don't know. Well, and also, I noticed I looked at, through all of your websites mm. last night. Um, they all have a common same thread. They're, and the photographs are beautiful. Thank you. You really do. I yeah, mean, they're, they're we, big we, hero shots on yeah. every homepage. Yeah, we're and lucky enough to get Douglas Fleet Friedman when he breezes through town to uh-huh. take our pictures. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, through Ken, That's of course. Beautiful. And, yeah, yeah. And um, if you were going to take one of your friends, like say somebody came yep. from New Zealand, your cousin. Oh, you're going to make somebody, me choose a child, aren't you? <laughs> which you know, Gosh. which one would you take them to last? No, last? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> well, which one would you Mary take them to? Because it's our late night bar, so that's where you want to end up. Oh, all, right, all right. roads lead to Mary Ann's. <laughs> um, you know what? This is what I would do. I would go to Marlowe for lunch because mm. it's beautiful and light and bright and just gorgeous, mm. and the summer feels really buzzy, and show them kind of what the tech neighborhood looks like. Mm. The tech tourists, and then I would do happy. I'd do five o'clock at Leo's for oysters and champagne. Mm-hmm. And then I would do dinner, uh, and then I'd do appetizers at Park Tavern. I'd go for <laughs> deviled eggs, Brussels chips. This is good. Cavalier. Uh, um, I, I, I might have done this once or twice. <laughs> uh, caviar fries. Yes. And a cocktail. Then I would do main course at Cavalier. I would go and do like, you know, we, we actually just reformatted the menu. It's delicious. I would go and do like fish and chips or whatever, and then I would end the night in uh, Marianne's. Nice. That's beautiful. So anyone's welcome to write that down, do and the you, same. So you are, <laughs> Just kidding. Sorry. So you're coming up with a breakfast menu, uh, like a oh, breakfast wait, spot? Oh, wait, sorry, no, what am I saying? Yes, wait. Gosh, I know, you start with what? breakfast at the Blue Bar. Oh, yeah. At Cavalier, yes, we do a gorgeous... <laughs> you know, the Blue Bar was... Um, there's something called the morning room at Claridge's in London that Ken was obsessed with that blue. Uh-huh. And that's what that is, and it feels so relaxing. We play classical music in the morning, so don't miss the breakfast stop at the Blue Bar. That's cool, too. Um, so okay. We got you covered. So, um, do you have a favorite restaurant outside of your group? You yes, Catonia. Catonia. I'm at Catonia or Zuni. I mean, mm. it's, it's the food that I can eat every single day. I think yeah. Michael Tusk is a genius. And is there a camaraderie, uh, camaraderie amongst yeah. the other restaurateurs? Yeah. yeah, I went to Michael and Lindsay's house for Christmas dinner, actually, um, which was obviously exquisite. <laughs> yeah. Um, I love Wayfair Tavern, which is right next door to... Um, yeah. Tyler's your buddy. Yes, yeah, since mm. for 20... We won't say how long, a long time, more than yeah. 20 years, since New York days. Um, but, you know, it's a really great place to, you know, we, don't, we only do seafood and really light food, so that's where my staff will go for burgers. Uh-huh. But, you know, in mm. terms of fine dining, it's funny. I just, I don't think I can sit still for that long anymore. It's sort of yeah. not really, um, often when I go out to eat, it feels like it should be research. So only when I go away on vacation, I feel like I'm allowed to just eat. You know, mm. I'm allowed to just have a meal that has nothing to do with what mm-hmm. we do. Um, 
I've got to change that actually. Um, so when, you know, when I'm in San Francisco, often I don't have many nights where I'm not either at work or with my son. So if I do, it gets a little manic. You know, Jake and I will go, okay, we need to try these three new restaurants. We're going to have appetizers here. We're going to da da And it doesn't feel, it's not particularly pleasurable. But then if I have people from out of town, I just want to take them to Catonia because it's the food that I want to eat. Beautiful. I like the restaurants where it's on the corner. That would be like your Marlowe's. There's all this light. Like this um, Marlowe's side. just, it's the best. I'm so proud um, of that restaurant. And my staff, Sarah, who runs the door, I've been friends with her since I was 11 from New Zealand. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you get... You get my accent. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, our general manager, Jessica, it's almost an entirely fit women-run restaurant, mm-hmm. which is why it's the best one. <laughs> well, yeah. oh, shoot. I'm supposed to say that, but kind of is. Well, uh, woman power. Yeah. We call you know it the, the Fempire. The what? The Fempire. Fempire. I like that. I know. James is always like, yep, it's, I work in the Fempire. I mean, Emily Lucchetti is our pastry chef. Um, yeah, it's... And... and yeah, Did you ever bring Kiwi sayings with you that are like still rooted in your psyche? I think so. And you like so. use them in discussions and you like drop some, some sort yes, of analogy. Yes, I did the other day. I was about. like, guys, this is all turned to custard. And yeah. they were like, custard's delicious. Is that, yeah. is that a good yeah. thing? We don't know. We don't yeah. know what you're talking about. When Sarah and I are communicating, sometimes it's <laughs> a little difficult to understand this. But um, yeah, all the then, time. Um, what about, oh, this is a great question that I always love to ask everybody because our, our podcast is about these different you know, threads of lifestyle. Yeah. You know, uh, but everybody has a home mm. and try to ask that to everybody. If you had to pick one room in your house that you love the most, you know, which one is it and why? Gosh, you'd think it was my kitchen, but I just have this area. I live um, um, right opposite Grace Cathedral in Knob oh, Hill. Cool. And I have a fireplace, my little sitting area where I literally look directly at the stained glass um, mm-hmm. from Grace Cathedral and I have a fireplace and it's just, it's my peaceful place to sit. Yeah. yeah. Um, does it remind you of Christchurch or, or does it remind you of Gosh, well, I hope Auckland not right now because or... it keeps getting demolished. and um, no, Not at all. And that's what, you know, I was living in Soma and what's really great about this is I feel like I live in old, pretty San Francisco. Yeah. You know, I'm not from here and... You know, it's like if I went back to New York now, no, I wouldn't want to live in a dump in Alphabet City where I had to live. I'd want to live in the mm-hmm. West Village, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you. It, this is the. It feels like San Francisco. I take the cable car to Leo's to work. That's pretty it. Does killer. I know my son, my son thinks it's amazing. Um, yeah, and I go to the Big Four all the time for a burger, and I just I love it. It's really, yeah, I love the you Big must four. be delighted that they didn't mess up the restaurant. <gasps> that would have been. That would have been no, because the hotel is for shit. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> It's no, I have, a, I have a couple of design friends that live just around there. Yeah. I don't, I don't hit up that hotel much. Nor, no. nor the restaurant, but... But the, no, the restaurant, like, by the way, the food's delicious. It's amazing the in the holidays because it's got the gourd. You know, my son loves the piano player. Mm-hmm. I don't know that she loves him, but he loves her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, and then, you know, the Fairmont's right there, Knob Hill Cafe. I love it. It's a really... You know, I think I'm the youngest person in my building by about 70 years. But that's okay. Yeah, I think I, I think we have one. water jogging on Thursdays. Oh boy! <laughs> but I love it. It's great. And um, what about like things outside of the restaurant industry? What's what are the hobbies besides design? Or do you just are you consumed with it? What about well, other you know, I mean, well, now that I have a three and a half year old, my you know things that my son, you know, wants to do take up a really good portion of time. Travel, of course, if I could travel more. Um, but you know, it, as your you know kid starts to get to the age of you know, where they're really engaging. You know, we went to the de Jong Museum the other day. I'm sort of trying to figure out things that, 
you know, I can do and he can do that we can both really enjoy and get a lot out of, you know, where mm-hmm. we kind of connect. So that's sort of, that's definitely art. You know, we mm-hmm. do a lot of kind of art and craft projects together, which is something I've always loved. Mm-hmm. Um, I love movies. I love going to live music when my best friends runs Another Planet. So I'm lucky enough to be her plus one most of the time. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, you're driven. You know, you've I got, am. You've got this, yep. you know, 15-hour day schedule at times, yep. maybe most days. Um, yeah. You, you're, you're cooking, you know, and, and this is one of the really great things I've, I've found from having everybody from, you know, Tyler on Oh, Tyler works like a, he works like yeah. a dog. He works so hard. It's, yeah. I mean, he really makes the rest of us look lazy. I'll tell you, he's yeah. a hard worker. And he always has been. But everybody I've sat down with in this podcast, mm. they, they do have this like, man, it's cooking down there. It's I think we fire. all are just really excited about what we're doing. And it's such a privilege to be doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, do you, I mean, I don't meet that many people in the restaurant that are just in love with what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, where, and then, so where do you think that that, okay, so that's gratefulness mm. and that kind of fuels mm. you. Yeah. Right? Yep. A gr- you know, what else? Is there anything else that you can, um, can think of it like, why? Yeah, not having it? money, not having money. When, you know, mm. I haven't been like so broke in my 20s and also, and just not wanting to go back to that. And I just, you know, I didn't, wasn't someone that grew up with a lot of money. So, you know, you tend to have this idea that shit, if you stop, it might all go away. So, you know, and also feeling quite responsible for a lot of other people's careers and jobs. That's a big mm. one for me. Yeah, how do you manage that? I mean, like you said, 400 people. Yeah, you and if, you know, if our restaurant closes, it's a lot of people lose their jobs. Right. So, how you know, I, to- have a, I have a healthy, I'd like to, like paranoia, I guess. I don't know. But that, it really does, it, you know, I, it's, it's a family. And certainly the people that I work most closely with, you know, I feel a huge responsibility. Yeah. Uh, well, Keep them sustainably employed. Yeah, no, it's a big responsibility. Mm. Well, it is a delight to sit down with you. Oh. I, I just been researching this, sitting down with you. I'm inspired. I'm also, I, I feel like I understand so much more <laughs> about what, what the restaurant life looks like and what oh. it takes to be good at it. And Why don't you come and do that little run around with me? Uh, what you should the, come and do, we usually come and do the day and the life. The one oh, that we man. Just, <laughs> I don't know if I could keep <laughs> do you, up. Do you, do you think you're up for seven meals? <laughs> you don't look like oh, you've ever had seven meals in a day. That that's I what I mean. Do. I thought you meant like no, no, you know, you should see his like face performing. right now. He's like, wait, does she want me to work in her restaurant? Yes. Is that what's <laughs> no, I meant breakfast, lunch, dinner, that. dinner, dinner. That's what I can do breakfast, lunch, dinner, 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 drinks. You, you don't, no. ex- yeah. Your face was so cute right now. <laughs> so funny. Oh yeah. man, but you've built something beautiful. Your Thank whole you. team has. I mean, physically, and then also. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It is such a you know. It's obviously it's nice. I get to take a lot of credit, but. But, it, but it's not just physically. It, it, it is you know, aesthetically beautiful. But it's also um, you know, quite an accomplishment. It doesn't come without um, stress, I'm sure, or, yeah. or speed bumps and man. All of, the, all of the things. I'm really uh, impressed by it all. Oh. And I thank you for thank coming and spending time with me because I think listeners love this type of stuff. Thank and, you and so I much. This was really fun. And I know you guys can't see this, but it's gorgeous. <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much.